What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Also, check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Um, I'm so happy uh, to have everybody who listens. And thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab me a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tassib is your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs. Get in all sorts of trouble and reminisce about crazy old stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with a friend and reminisce about the good old days. Most weeks I'll be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. Let's go. All the way from New York City, Kevin Sanchez. What's up, man? How you doing, bro? I'm chilling, bro. You know, skipping work. Yeah, Yeah. what's up? Skipping work, doing drugs. Tell before we get too far into it, because we kind of started talking about this stuff before we even started recording, but plug everything up front. Tell everybody where you're going to be, what you got coming up, any podcasts you want to promote, anything like that. Doped Up and Dying, the Sunday Morning Smoke Show podcast. It's just called Doped Up and Dying on iTunes, uh, anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, Doped Up Comedy Club every weekend, uh, 66 Greenpoint. We, I mean, last, I mean, last Saturday we had Big J. Yeah. Last Saturday we had um uh fucking just it, it was the best lineup I've ever seen put together. And it was like everyone matched up lovely. It was fucking crazy, bro. It was one of the best comedy shows I've seen live. And uh yeah, that's about it right now. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We Wait, met one more thing. Yeah, go. Mongol and Oxtails in Harlem and soon to be Brooklyn is my private show. I got to get you on that motherfucker. Okay. It's going to be- What is it called? Mongol and Oxtails. Me, I'm Dominican, so we eat Mongol, and my Jamaican brother, DC Williams, who I also do Doped Up and Dying with, he's Jamaican, so we call it Mongol and Oxtail. Mongol and Oxtail. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, let's go, boy. Well, thank you for coming on. We met, uh, we were hanging outside of the stand one night, um, and Dan Lamort, friend of the show, he's coming back on here soon, uh, my good buddy, introduced us, and we just started talking, and this is something we were talking about outside, is that we are of the age where we know how to communicate with people yeah. outside of the internet and social media and stuff. We're the generation of phones, bro. Yeah. We're the generation of this. You know calling what I mean? People, when, yeah. we protect, when, we mimic, when we mimic calling people, we do this still. Yeah. And it's, it was so weird because we hit it off and I was like, I have to get you on the podcast. And then we made it happen in record time. It took like two weeks and the three weeks happens. and you were on. That and never happens. There's so many people where they're like, yeah, sure, I'll come on. It's like three months later. <laughs> there's Tori Cole. When we did her episode, it was like eight months after I originally asked her to come on. Jesus but Christ. she was busy and then I was still recording in my apartment. So that's obviously sketch asking, you know, what would be like, hey, you want to come to my apartment? <laughs> um, but like, so you and I, I was like, I'm going to get you on. And then bing, bang, boom, you're on. And it was one of those things where we were just talking about this outside, but the reason I rail against social media so much is because I'm bad at it. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, fuck this, like these kids. But there is a there is a point where some, and I'm going to sound like the old man, get off my lawn, but where some younger people are bad in social situations, like in person. 
It's because they're like um, in person. Like they pussy in person. <laughs> like they're so scared of being wrong. They're so scared of like saying the wrong, say the wrong thing. Well, and you can't backspace in person. Like you put it out there. And there's so many times, and I know you've done this too because we're similar in this way. There's so many times where I've thrown something out there. It's like, like thinking like, oh, this will be funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then everyone looks at you and you're like, that wasn't, that, that was, that was over the line. Uh, every time I'm drinking, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every time I'm drinking, baby. Let's, uh, well, let's get into it. I wanted to ask you first how, um, so you're from New York, correct? I'm from East Harlem. Okay. Born and raised Jeff Ma Project. Let's go, baby. Shouts out. Shout out. Gang, gang. Shout out. Gang, gang. Son, you ain't never live like me. Um, <laughs> they ain't never live like me. When, when I had Jared on Waters, we were both, because we we're both from Florida, we were both going back and forth like three, six, nine, four, one, like that. Yeah. <laughs> two, one, two, baby. Yeah. I said, yo, I'm a, I'm a, this is crazy. I'm a crazy person, bro. So <laughs> you I, and me both. Uh, I, I, you have to be. Yeah. You have Especially to be. Especially to do this. Dog, like, <laughs> I heard that you can make a decent amount of money. If you have a two one two number, you can right. My mom had a two one two number for fifty years, Damn. right? The yeah. same number, yeah. And I'm gonna sell it. Like the, you, I, that's yeah. what my mind is. Like my mom has fucked up so incredibly with just not taking chances in life, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm gonna take everything that you have. I'm gonna make more. Okay. Yeah. I guess I don't know. I don't even know why I just said it's that. It's the two one two. No, but <laughs> the two because we were talking about two one two. Shout out. It's that I've heard before the pandemic hit because after the pandemic. Sadly, with a lot of people dying. I was at T-Mobile the other day, and the guy helping me. With, no, but listen, the guy was – I was getting a new phone, and I go, I need to change my number. Because I – long story short, I have an Oklahoma City number because I lived in Oklahoma City for like two months. And I was like, I need – and I happened to get a new phone while I was up there. Like I switched from AT&T to T-Mobile, so they gave me an OKC number. Okay. So I've born and raised in Florida my whole life. Literally have only lived outside of Florida other than New York for like two months in Oklahoma City. But I have an Oklahoma City area code. And I, I was talking to the dude at T-Mobile, and I go, I want to change it, but isn't it all 646? He goes, no, actually, because so many people died during the pandemic, there's a lot of 212 numbers up for grabs. And I was like, fucking All oh, the old heads. Yeah, yeah. All the old heads who had the 212 numbers. And then, yeah. Just fucking bogarting that shit. Because I was talking- <laughs> You're dead. I was talking to a buddy of mine back home who lived in New York for a while, and he said that there are some businesses that have paid upwards of ten thousand dollars to people to get the two one two number. That's right. Because and it also it matters in terms of how long you've had the number. So some businesses do. They'll go. We've been established for as long as that phone number has been around. Oh, so if people look it up, it's like, oh, that phone number has been around for fifty years. Some, I don't know who will look up the phone number to see how long it's been. I around. I mean, you can do that though. But you could do that. Yeah. So they they'll pay an arm and a leg. Damn. Yeah. Well, I wanted to talk, speaking of coming up in East Harlem, uh, so have you always been a fan of stand-up? Like, what got you into comedy? Oh. Like, how, do you remember how I mean, that happened? I know exactly how it happened, and people shit on this guy all the time, and, and sometimes rightfully so, but it was Dane Cook. <laughs> it was Dane Cook. It's awesome that you say that, because- And I love Dane Cook. The listeners know- when I saw his uh, Comedy Central Presents, because I've been obsessed with comedy since I was 12, when my cousin introduced me to it, the same one I live with in Oklahoma City, I would see like Mitch Hedberg and Tom Rhodes and stuff, and I would watch it, and I'd go, this is awesome, but that's not me. And then I saw Dane Cook rip his shirt off and pour the water on him, and I go, I want to do that. And that's exactly what got me into comedy so, was Dane Cook. I didn't want to be on stage because that's not me. Yeah. Dane Cook is not me. I wanted my buddy who introduced me to Dan Cook to he was like basically imitating Dan Cook in high school. Yeah. Same thing. And so I was like, dude, let's be a writing team. You get on stage. So you were gonna do the jokes and then have him do the like, We work on them together. Yeah. But like I wanted him to perform. 
You know, we always got together on the weekends. We would try to write bits. We didn't. So was this in high school? High school. Damn. And then he would always bail. Like we we would go. We would plan to go to comedy clubs. We didn't know how this shit worked. We didn't know about open mics and nothing like that. And he kept bailing. Then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do this myself. And then I saw George Lopez. Done right. Okay. And then I said, I quit. (laughs) I saw George Lopez, and I was like, I can't. He took all the Spanish. <laughs> you literally before you even started, you're like, I'm I gonna said, do this myself, and then you saw George Lopez, you go, never mind, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not that out. good, I'm not that. Fu-. He took every because it felt like when you when you don't know comedy and you don't know that like you could talk about your own experiences and they could be similar, but you're gonna add your own twist because this is your motherfucking life. Yeah, I, I he was so good that and he took he was able to take Latinos. And I didn't know Mexicans acted like Dominicans and Puerto Ricans, dog. You didn't know everyone. I didn't know. Yeah. I thought, I thought we, like this was unique to us, right? Yo, bro, he had so that when I heard when him, like his his grandmother going, uh, oh, his grandfather going, um, I got a pain in my chest and I can't breathe. And his grandmother walking in, you got a pain in your chest and you can't breathe. I was like, yo, that shit just resonated. That's with just me. how it and is. I just yeah. quit. I was like, he got it. He got all the Spanish jokes. He did it. <laughs> George Lopez, you got it, man. George, you got it, dog. You won. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to the army. Okay, when was that? Right after high school? Nah, 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 nah. The reason why I joined the army is because I was working at this gay club, like this gay restaurant yeah. in Chelsea, and rooftop restaurant. And it was uh, two things happened. Obama hit his second term. And I was a senior in high school watching his inauguration. And I was like, I hadn't done shit in four fucking years. Oh, so you were like, I remember when he got inaugurated the first time. Yeah, and I was like accomplishing. And now it's four high, years later. And- four years later, I don't got a degree. I'm not even close to it. I've been working at this restaurant. And there was this old dude who I was upset because he was here. He, we just hired him for this party. And I was upset because he looked old. And I'm like... Gay motherfuckers don't like old dudes. They like, <laughs> like you're gonna ruin my money tonight, bro. Yeah. Like we're gonna make we could have made three fifty because of you, because your stink face is around. <laughs> and I was treating him like I was a young man. Yeah. You, you know, you have that bravado as a young man. Oh yeah. And I was a by the way, dying piece. What well, I was gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so fucking beautiful, bro. It was a, like people, like women didn't believe people, women would come up to me and ask me if I had work done. Really? That's how hot I was. Okay? And no, bitch, I didn't. These lips real. Then I turned inside out. <laughs> so what happened? Obama's getting inaugurated the second time and, and you this, were like. And then, and then at the end of the night, because I was like being an asshole with this guy the whole night. Yeah. He goes, I used to be like you. Oh. And I said, what you mean? He goes, I'm 48 years old. 18 years ago, I was just like you, making good money doing the thing you remind me a lot of myself and i was the next day i went into a recruiting office for real you were like i'm out like i'm I not like, doing i need this. to do something i need to accomplish something yeah that most people can't so i joined the army infantry with my brother okay and so you were 20 when you did that 23 23 and then 23. how long how long were you in the army for i did a solid three and a half years what's the i was gonna one say contract. what's the okay one i did one contract they tried to get me and it was tempting yeah. To reenlist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Donnie T was in office. <laughs> the greatest. The greatest. You and know. This is what people don't re-enlist. know. Reenlist. This is what people don't know about the military. People think that 
70, listen, first of all, 71 million people voted for that man. Yeah. Right? That's a lot of motherfuckers. Okay? That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people that like that guy. In the military, 10% came from that. We love a Republican in office. Oh, yeah. Because money goes up. Yeah. For us. I remember when I was in college and I had stopped playing football and I was getting like, my drinking was getting out of control. And I was like, same kind of thing, though. I was like, God, I got to do something. And my grandfather was an original Green Beret. Like, when they first started the Green oh, so Beret. Oh, he's... He was like an no OG. Yeah, yeah. When Is they, he alive? No, no, no. He passed away about 10 years ago. But he has a picture of him with, like, JFK when they're doing the whole, like, when they're starting the... Um, so sorry. The Green Beret. No, you're good. But so they started it as special forces and then it adapted and evolved and then eventually became the Green Beret. So he had been in since they started you know the special forces. You know how bad of a motherfucker your, your, your uncle, you say uncle? Grandfather. Your grandfather is? You know how bad he that was motherfucker was? OG. When, when I'm, I mean, yeah. the man in... Yeah. So, I would love to have a conversation. But I, 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 I remember... Yeah, we used to talk about it all the time. And then he actually started writing his memoirs about the army and stuff um, before he passed. So some of them, because he was, you know, in his mid eighties when he passed away, but shouts out to Detto. My, my first special is going to be, cause he used to always sing in the car and he had a good singing voice. And I'm always like, Daddy, like you could have been, and he always used to say, yeah, I could have been something. I could have been a star. So that's, I'm going to name my first special after that. I could have been, been a star. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and shouts out to him because he was the one, cause he used to always talk about it and whether he knows it or not or knew it or not, but he was a huge influence on like, no, go after what you want. Cause he used to mm. tell me all the time uh, when I would talk about joining the army and stuff, he was like, listen, if you have any other options, like don't, cause the way he got treated after. And, you know, he was on, they would refuse to give him 100% disability and kind of screwed him around with all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I see the look on your face. You're kind of like, yeah. Let me tell you something, bro. You just revved me up, bro. <laughs> you just revved me up. Let me tell you something. I was in the, I was, I was in that disability office. Bro, I almost smacked this shit out of this Irish woman. Really? <laughs> this fat, disgusting, fucking, <laughs> never worked out of her life, never sacrificed. I'm not going to say never sacrificed anything, but there's no way she has children. This is the ugliest person I've ever met in my life. Bro, her whole job was to make sure. Like, I, I, I didn't realize it then, but I realize it now, was to make sure I got nothing. Yeah. That was her job. That was my grandfather shattered his right leg jumping out of airplanes for the 82nd Airborne when they were first starting to do this shit. Which means there was no guidance. Yeah. And, were, he was a test, no offense, but yeah, he was like a test dummy. Yeah. So his whole right leg was actually shorter than his left. It took him like 60 years serious? of fighting with the VA and stuff to finally get on 100% disability. He finally got it in his 80s and like three months later he died. When he finally got it, he died. But he used to always tell me, "Don't if you have any other options, don't like do that." And so that's why I've been. Bro. That's another big reason why I've always been like so fearless about like, no, we're just gonna do comedy. Like that's what we're doing. Well, but I remember. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say I remember as a sophomore in college after football was done and I was drinking out of control. I was like, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sign up. And I went to a recruiting office. I took the ASVAB and the guy looked at my test and goes, "You could do whatever you want." And I go, "Well, my grandfather was a Green Beret. He goes special forces because I scored pretty high." He goes, "We'll fucking sign you up." And he You're told the guy, me, by the way, because I. Based on what we said outside, you would have really been a special – like, a lot of people get that special forces contract in the beginning, right, before they get to basic. Because they, they want it, yeah. No, they get a high score. And oh, then they get okay. through basic and – oh, they get to basic and your deal sergeant is like, you're a pussy. Yeah, you're, you're not. not. You're not special forces material. Yeah. And they take that contract away from you. But oh, you're – yes. Yeah, but I'm, you're the kind I'm of a guy. Psycho. You're the kind of psycho. You, you're the kind of psycho. You're, you, we would, you what we call a hoss. 
You okay. know? You yeah. know what that? You ever yeah, heard yeah, that term? Oh, yeah. I'm fucking from the side. Hoss, dog. Hoss, yeah. yeah. I like that. Um, but I went and then I sobered up because I went there kind of drunk. And then I sobered up like the next day and I was like, yeah, never mind. I, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do this. Good choice. But that was the thing was the guy, this is what we we're talking about. This is why I brought it up because the guy, the recruiting officer was like, listen, Obama, this is like two years into Obama's first term. Oh, money. He, he was like, We've got money now, but we're not going to have it in a little bit. So, like, if you're going to do it, do it right now. Right now. Because once he gets into, like, towards the end of his first term and especially into his second term, he's going to cut all the money. Yeah, he cut – I don't know if he cut money. I'm not, I don't remember. Well, normally they don't really cut it from the defense budget because that's one of the things even Democrats are kind of like, ah, we don't want to touch that. But he was telling me, like, to sign up, it was like a 50000 – because Bush put in place, like, a $50,000 – like just bonus and like all this yeah, crazy they stuff. Break that up. See, and that's the thing he wasn't telling me was I was like, wait, that's like broken up over your first contract. So it really comes out to like an extra three, four hundred bucks a, a, a month. month. Yeah. yeah, it's like that's not. Yeah, yeah. They give you like uh, maybe if you if you talk to them right now, nah, bro, you had to give me fifteen thousand up front and then break the rest up in my contract. Yeah, that's the way to do a uh, kind of do it. So how did you? So you get there with your uh, brother, you sign up. What you happens? Sign up. Yo, this is a crazy story, bro. Let us know. So, Tell it. Me, like. Me and my brothers are, me and my brothers, we're fucking idiots. Yeah. You know, like he, cause he also looked at, when I say my brother, he's my god brother. Okay. But we, he's adopted, like I'm adopted. He's also adopted. His mother's my godmother. Okay. So like, she baptized me, you know, the whole yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You're thick as thieves. And I, I, I mean, since we were three years old, we were inseparable. Mm -hmm. Like it was just one of those bonds, bro. So, right. I'm feeling this way and I go to his place and he goes, Kev, um, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> he just hits me with the, what are we? He goes, do you want, you want to do this? Do you want to just join the military together? I heard it's like a buddy system. I said, yeah, let's go. Went to the recruiter's office. So this is literally, you have that night at work, that guy tells you that yeah, thing, yeah. and then a couple the weeks story, later. For the story. Well, yeah, but then a couple weeks later, you're kind of like. Not even, I mean, honestly, I don't think it was a couple weeks later. I think it was maybe that week, bro. Okay. And you're just like, yeah, let's fucking go do it. Yeah. Now, are you at this point, and we'll get back to some of the stories and stuff, but I want to finish this definitely. But are you at this point, like, because you're working at a restaurant in Chelsea, you're getting after it. Are you like partying and like getting, getting after it and stuff? Bro, this is when Wolf of Wall Street came out. Yeah. And I was hanging out with rich kids. Like, oh, from Chelsea and stuff? Yeah. And I like I wanted to throw midges on a, on a <laughs> <laughs> like, I was looking for that kind of life. Yeah. I was like the Jordan Belfort kind of life. Yeah, I wanted but I wanted my distance from it, right? So like I'm a poor kid. Like I'm I don't want to say poor kid. I hate when I say that shit. Cause I don't feel I didn't feel poor yeah. until I started hanging out with people with money. Yeah. You know, and um, well, and there's a huge difference between like being on the low end of income and then actually being like debilitatingly poor. Like there are people that I know who like, you know, growing up in Daytona, like they didn't they were six kids living in one room and like sharing a bed and like didn't know where they were going to eat. And like the reason why they hated summertime was because they couldn't get free meals at school. Like oh, like that's poor. That's poor. Yeah. And then there are kids who I also know, which I think is kind of what you're saying is where you didn't want for anything. But then you also didn't realize like, oh, because I had friends like that where like where the new Xbox would come out and they'd get it that day and they'd have that's like crazy. games that day. And I would be like because I grew up in an upper middle class family, but I was still like, well, we can't just drop like a G on something yeah. because we want to like I, I told i mean we used to what we used to do for christmases and stuff like your mom listen we understand we don't got money like that but buy us the playstation 
and I'd be a gift for all three of us. That's yeah. Right. I we used to do it because we were a little bit better off to the point where if we wanted something big, we could ask for it for Christmas or birthday, or if it was really big, Christmas and birthday together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was and another then, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like yo, you don't gotta get get. You can get us. Yeah, and then uh, whatever. But that's that's what I'm saying is like that's why I, I completely agree with you when you say when you catch yourself when you say poor kid because there's like there's like poor and then there's like oh my god we don't know what we're gonna yeah. eat. And by the way, I live the wild like my life is crazy, bro. Like yeah. that's why we got you on, man. Yeah. So all right, so yeah, I was partying a lot. Yeah, especially I was young, I was handsome as shit, and I had no bills. I was one of the lucky Spanish kids who didn't have children in his teens, like. Like that happened a lot in my yeah. school. Like everyone, like, I saw uh, what's that uh, shit on MTV? Um, sixteen and pregnant. Sixteen and pregnant. Yeah, bro. Teen was, mom. Teen, teen mom. mom. Yeah. I was like, that's half my fucking school should be on that show. The first one make for way better TV. <laughs> It'll make for way better. Yeah. TV, you know? <laughs> this dude, this girl got pregnant. a high school in East Harlem. Hell yeah. <laughs> junior high, motherfucker. Shit. I knew bitches getting pregnant in junior high school. Really. Thirty year old men. 30-year-old men. God, you know how so fuck, you know how much that fucks with your head as a kid when you look at a bitch you like and then you realize you got to compete with a nigga that got a car? I used to get mad because when I was a freshman and a sophomore, all the attractive girls in our class were dating upperclassmen. You're talking about people with like jobs and jobs. 401k, well, like, maybe not 401ks, but like actual like disposable income. That, let's not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like they were, they, I mean, these motherfuckers would bring like I couldn't afford Mr. Softy for my girl. Yeah. But this 31-year-old man got $3 to buy her a milkshake. Bro. Yeah. And I'm looking at him like, yo, you're so lucky you got dad strength on me. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're unencumbered. You don't have any kids. You're just hanging out, making money, partying, and then partying. you realize you want something bigger, something more. But you, you, like, you, like, you, I just knew that if I didn't accomplish something worth noting, to other people, like uh, that would fuck. Like, I would fuck up my life. I'll be in the projects forever. Like I, I was never friends with anybody. Like I had friends in the in the PJs, but like it was a very tight group for me. Yeah, my brothers knew everybody. I people knew me because of my brothers. Yeah, right. Like I didn't hang out there. I didn't feel because like you had, in your head. I mean, you're working in Chelsea. You're working at a nice restaurant. In your head, you had every intention to get out. Is that yes. like that was yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. A lot, of, and, and I feel a little shame. From that, like feeling that way about my people, because they're beautiful people. Now that I look back, I have some insight and some like wherewithal. I could look back and like those people were honest. They were fucking. They had your back. Yeah. Like now I'm in in worlds where like you don't know who has your back. That's the thing, and I say it all the time. Like everyone dumps on Florida and talks shit about Florida. But I was the one in my family that like left. Like my older brother did too. But that's kind of a weird story. But I was like. I've got everything I need. Like I'm touring kind of like I'm featuring for one of my best friends, Marcus Crespo. Shout out to Marcus. He's been on the show a bunch of the gummy bear gangster, but I'm featuring for him <laughs> a lot. I'm like getting on showcases a lot, um, you know, just kind of touring around you're and do, then you're doing I'm it. doing comedy in the Southeast, mainly in Florida and like Georgia and stuff. And then I'm also working at a restaurant a couple days a week to like supplement my income. I've got my apartment. I've got all my friends. That's fucking I'm beautiful. A three hour ride from the college that I went to where I played football. And then I decided, like, no, I have to go to New York or L.A. Like, I have to get out of here. And it's the same thing. Once I got out, you know, you're around all these people and they're talking shit about, like, you know, Florida and all this stuff. And I'm looking back, like, actually, I kind of miss it. Yeah. Like, I had real, like, real friends down there. And, like, people who always looked out for me. And then you come up here and it's like, 
so many two-faced people or people who will be like, yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, get me on that show. And then behind your back, they're like, man, fuck that guy. Like, the only reason I'm talking to him is because he has that show. Oh, bro, that is... Uh, bro. Anyway. <laughs> so, so wait, I, I want to tell you yeah. what, how I got into comedy. Yeah, yeah, I got it because it has to do with the Army. Yeah. So, I know I have seven, eight months left on my contract. I know I'm not re-enlisting. Yeah. Because I escaped. Did you spend it all here? Yes. Okay. I got lucky. Yeah. Like, I got into a specialized unit called the Old Guard, which is the most prestigious unit in the Army. We're the face of the infantry and in the the Army. Oh, shit. We do missions for the White House, the Pentagon. We do a lot of funerals. It's fucking crazy. So you're the fancy guys. Yeah. That's why you're so hot, man. They're like, we know we're putting this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, uh, the way I got in there was a mistake. (laughs) Was it? <laughs> it was a big mistake. Was, <laughs> a big mistake. But not really, but really. Because, like, when you, first of all, when you're in the infantry, this is why I didn't want to realize. Because I gave Uncle Sam one chance in my life. You ain't take it, bitch. Now I can't give you two. I yeah. Nobody that lucky. Yeah. Nobody that the lucky. The second you sign that second contract, they're like, all right, you got your orders, you're shipping yep. out. And yeah. you'd be like, wait, what? Yeah. Bro, this is a good story. Oh my god, I'm so yeah. so. This how I'm a. We can go back to that, but so one. I'm seven months out. I'm like, and I put on Bill Burr. You people are all the same. Yeah. And it, I can't. I was like, I didn't know you were allowed to talk shit like that. Yeah. I didn't know you could talk. Sh- I'm a shit talker. You recognize me? No, it's because I don't fucking work Look, here. Yo. <laughs> yo, or just the gold digging whore bit. Yeah. Like, these are all conversations I had with my friends. I'm like... The Rescue Dog bit? I don't know which album that's on, but that was one of my favorites. Uh, bro, there was... Did you jump in the reservoir with your wingtips on? <laughs> no, you went to the pound and said, give me a free dog. Dog. So, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I want to do that. Yeah. I, so, that kind of come to Jesus moment I had seeing Dane, you had when you saw Bill. When I saw Bill, I was like... Because I think like that. Yeah. Right? Like, I've, I'm angry. Oh, 100%. Right? I just... I see. We were talking about it when we, when I first showed up, but like there are certain things you see and you're like, "Fuck you, fuck this, fuck all of it." I mean, the bagel, the bagel, like, just fucking. We don't have to get back into. We're it. not gonna get into it. We're not gonna get into it. Kevin had a bagel situation earlier today. <laughs> oh boy, fuck the service industry. No. <laughs> um. So I see that. And I'm like, I'm going to try comedy. And you, do you still have all the stuff that you wrote back when you were in high school and stuff? Or have you kind of, okay. I do have a bit that I remember what I was doing. Yeah. But, but you didn't have like notebooks and stuff. So you were just kind of like, all right, I'm going to start fresh. I'm going to start doing comedy. Cause my, my, I'm also a lot different than I was in yeah, high school. I, mean, absolutely. I was in the infantry. I was in the army. Like I lived a life. I'm, you have real experience now. Yeah. Real world experience. Yeah. Like I jerked off in front of a dude once for money. Like it's. Like, it's crazy, bro. It's things we do, man. The things we do. Um, so when you get out, are you just like, all right, I'm so doing it? It's crazy. I go back to work. I'm in the infantry. Like, I'm in the arms room. Yeah. So I'm dealing with weapons. And this, and this guy comes in. This is the day I don't know, I'm going to try comedy when I go back to New York. Kid comes downstairs to work on a machine gun. He goes and give me some pieces for the machine gun. And he goes, Kev, you like comedy? I don't know where. No one's at three years in the army. No one's ever mentioned comedy to me. He goes, you like comedy? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm running a show. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not. His name is Sandoval. I can call him. I don't have his number no more. But like, <laughs> no, but just the way 
there's little things that happen in life and obviously being sober, we call it a higher power, but other people call it whatever you want. But it's one of those weird things where it's like, oh, this might actually work out. The universe felt like the universe. Yeah. Yo, bro. Someone's talking to you. Hashem was like, yo, bro. Bro. That's for my Jews. Um, Trying to get jobs in this industry. Uh, (laughs) I love my Hashem's. So he said, do you like like comedy? comedy. I book a show. I'm booking. I have a show that I'm running. I said, you're not going to believe this, but this weekend, I was like, I want to try stand-up comedy. He goes, I give you a spot. Just like that. Wow. Imagine if things were still that easy. Dude, so, Do you ever think about like when you were younger and things were just easier? Easier? Yeah. I think about that all the time. I have people on this show, people I consider friends, <laughs> and they run like weekly shows. Couldn't get a spot. Couldn't get a spot. Couldn't get a spot. Hey, hey, running a comedy club with a friend? Sometimes I'm on a lineup. Don't get up. <laughs> Oh, we ran out of time. We what do you together. mean? <laughs> we run this thing. What do you mean we ran out of time? <laughs> so two people canceled. Two pe- two comedians physically canceled. And how am I not up? <laughs> so, so you get it. So you do the spot. How did it go? I don't do it. I chickened, oh, I chickened out. You chickened out three times. What? He gave me three spots. Chickened out all three times. Now, did you tell him straight up, like, I, don't, I just I don't feel prepared, or did you lie? Or a mixture of both? Oh, it was like no call, no shows. Like, oh, really? Like, okay. It was like I did, didn't hit him up. Damn. Um, but they didn't care. This is what I did. It was a bringer show. Yeah. So they were like, can you bring five people? And of course, I can bring a whole platoon of people. Yeah, so obviously. They were like, well, you're a new comic, so you're going to do three minutes. Three minutes is what they were giving me. Now, in retrospect, what the fuck? But anyway... And then when so, you're brand new, the three minutes can feel like an eternity. I know the first two jokes don't land, and you're like, ah. So then, I told myself, I was like, all right. I got to New York, and I still have this in my head. And I want to do comedy, but I gave myself a deadline. That's smart. So I was like, if by July, by the end of July, you don't get on stage, you throw this dream away, you never think about it again. Enjoy it. Don't even don't try it then, because yeah. you're not serious about it. You'll you being pussy, it's not you. Bro, so July 26, <laughs> I call my little brother. I hate saying my little brother. He's fucking a grown man. But yeah. my brother, and I'm like, hey, listen, um, I want to, you know, you know, I want to try stand up. This is open mic, Broadway Comedy Club at 5 p.m. on a Tuesday. Can you show up so I don't chicken out? Yeah. Accountability. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to chicken out in front of my little brother. Yeah. And what year is this? Do you remember? 2017. Okay. Yeah, 2017. And I'm walking. Like, this is the time, you know, New York is mass scaffolding. Mm. And um, I'm walking through the scaffolding. It feels like I'm walking underneath a tunnel of a football state. Like, yeah. it feels like my heart is beating. I can see Broadway Comedy Club. Yeah, I know exactly where you're walking down. And I start, 53rd, yeah. And I start turning around. Oh, no. I said, fuck this. And my brother gives me, I see you, bitch. <laughs> I see you, bitch. Are you going to pussy out right now? Or are you going to do that in front of your little brother? Oh, shit. So he called you out. Oh, he called me out, turned back around, so I can't have him. My brother's, by the way, my little brother, I look up to him. Yeah. That dude's a bad motherfucker. He, like, he, he's a kick, undefeated kickboxer. He dropped out of high school to pursue fighting. Um, Was a bad motherfucker. Was this the guy you enlisted with? Nah. No, different. Nah, he also enlisted, but okay. then he got he went crazy in the army. But that's another story for yeah. another day. And um and he was he he dropped out of high school, uh, became a fighter, 
decided he wanted to go back to school just so he has a, a you know a degree. Yeah. He got his GED, his associates, and got into NYU in around a year. Wow. While working two jobs and training four or five hours a day. So I was He does not play. Oh, he don't fuck around. Yeah. Right? He's so, a, yeah. Yeah, he's a hoss. I was just about to say he's it. He's a fucking hoss, bro. God damn so, it. See, this is what we talked about earlier. You gotta go with your instinct. I was gonna say it and then I didn't say it, and then you said it, just gotta go with the instinct. <laughs> so, God, that would have been a great callback. That would have been a great callback. But baby, I got you, boy. That's right, boy. So he's I go on stage, there's like seven people there. There's a motherfucker named Eddie Spaghetti and shit. Like, and there's like, like yeah, like seven to ten people, whatever. Yeah. All comics. All comics except for my I'm the only one that brought someone. <laughs> and um I went up there, and whatever I ha- I thought I was going to say was out the window. Oh, really? And I was just going on a tangent. And my brother was like, I come out off stage, and we leave. And he saw every comic, and they were all terrible. Yeah. And he goes to me, he goes, I wanted to tell you that this should be like a one-and-done thing for you. Like, don't do this. But you could do it. I could see it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that means a lot coming from him. From when him? he says carries weight, yeah. When he says carries weight. At the time, carried a lot of weight. He's a smart genius. He's a kid is a genius, but whatever. He's insane now. <laughs> so then you decided, I'm going to do this. Oh, I was a boss of the wall. So then, okay, so that's what I wanted to ask. So are you still, so at this point, 2017, how old are you now? You're 27? Now? I'm 31. No, 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 I'm talking about oh, 2017. Oh, well, let's do, yeah, I was going to say. 27, 28. It's simple math, and I'm like, wait, 31 <laughs> minus, okay. So you're 27 at the time. And you think like, all right, like balls to the wall. So are you doing? I'm taking advantage of the GI bill. Mike's okay. So w- tell me what happened. I'm taking advantage of the GI bill, which means that to go to school they pay me, uh, like a stipend every month. Okay. To you know depend like a livable wage based off the income, the average income of the sc- like around the school. Okay. Which was in Manhattan. So they gotta pay me. Got him. $2,100 a month. Damn. Plus, they pay for school and books. Like, that was separate. So I was living, I wanna say below my means, I was living at my means. You yeah, know what I mean? Right there. Right there. And I had a girlfriend at the time who I was living with. Are you living in Manhattan or still in East Harlem? Oh, bro, I fucking, I was once, I was in Queens. Okay. I wasn't like, I was in like Flushing, Queens, living cheaply. But still making the money as if I was living in Manhattan. Yeah, because it's around the school. Yeah, and I dropped. I basically, you know, I flunked out of school. I was not going to classes. I was just that was a means to an end. Like yeah. I, I was like, D- I'm going to do this until the, the rails fall off, and I need to get a real job. And um, but I'm not. I don't care about school. I'll show up when I needed to show up. I passed some classes, so they didn't, I didn't flunk out right away. But and are you doing comedy all the time at all this the point? Time. Okay. I'm doing like I'm going up like six, seven times a day. Okay, like going nuts. My girlfriend's like, yo, this guy's crazy. Like, yeah. And and then part of it had to do with my, like, oh, man, I I didn't deploy, bro, but that army shit does fuck with your brain. Yeah. You're a, you're a different person. Well, they try to rewire you. That's it, why they don't like people coming in older than, like, 25, because it's hard to rewire those people. Oh, yeah, I couldn't go, I couldn't be in the army right now, bro. Damn. I look at someone, what the fuck you just say to me, pussy? Like, I, yeah. Anyway. Um, well, that's why it's important to get people when they're younger, because then it's easy to rewire them. To be yeah, like, no, you, this is how you live your life. Yeah. And none of those people, by the way, don't listen to those people. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I wanted to talk to you because then you start doing the st- stand up and then you end up having obviously to get a, like a regular job and then that's just been what you've been doing for the last I ha- I mean, five years. Technically, listen, they listen to the podcast. They listen. To, I, I lasted a year there, so um, you don't got to blow up any spots. No, I'm gonna. I'm, who cares? Who cares? In the, in the grand scheme of things, I, f- I figure I say it out. that all the time when like a table gets shitty with me. I'm always like, I'll quit right now and kick the shit out. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm a grown ass man. I've been arrested eight times. I spent months in jail. Like, are you really talking to me like this? Oh, I gotta tell you about the time I went to jail. I spent a day or two, in, uh, two days in jail. With what my, happened with my brother? So was drinking involved? So hey, this is around the time I'm working in Chelsea, and I'm hanging out with these rich kids. So this is before the army. This is before the army. Okay, and I got a story after the army. Yeah, but I didn't know my brother was doing uh, drugs. Yeah, I, I didn't know he was like one of my brothers. I didn't know he was like taking a. He had like a back problem, and he started self medicating. Okay, right. It started off with weed, probably some drinking. But he was like 16, 17 years old. And my mother, and I was like 22 or some shit like that. It doesn't matter. He was still in high school and I was an adult. Yeah. But we're, I mean, my brother's six foot and he was, he's a built, he's a built kid. Yeah. You know? And my mother was leaving Florida, like on, for vacation. She just wanted to go. She was going to leave my little brother with me. And um, so she said, Kevin. I should let you know, I was on a bender. Yeah. Like, I spent a whole weekend on a bender. When did you start drinking, just for context? Oh, I started drinking at 15, but surprisingly, at 15, I had a lot of self-control. Oh, really? Because I respect him. I respect my mother. Yeah. So, like, I never wanted to come home and I was drunk. And I never wanted to catch me like that. That's another big thing. <clears throat> and it might, I don't know if it sounds stereotypical, but that's another big thing in Latin family is just, like, Respect. respect for your, especially for your mother, your father. Like there's a there's a comic that I saw at an open mic where he was talking. Maybe it was Nardo. It was somebody who was talking about like how suburban white kids would be like, "Shut up, mom, you dumb bitch." He's like, "I you don't even think about saying that to your parents in a Latin household." I said it behind. I call my mother a bitch behind her back, but never to her face. And my one of my siblings snitched on me. Oh, really, bro? That was like four months of torture, bro. Jeez. Because she told the whole family. Oh no, bro! I was like, it was like living in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> like I was kneeling on rice three times a week. Yeah, I'll have my hands up on the walls when I wasn't doing nothing. Like it was crazy. Like disrespecting my mother was like, it was hell to pay. Yeah. Now, as after a certain age, it's like, listen, you five foot bitch. Like, yeah, move, move up. Yeah, once you get older. But I'm talking about when you were 15, you were like, all right, I don't want to be disrespectful. So you had a lot of self control. And then fast forward, now you're 22. You're supposed to be looking after your little brother. And, and then I'm on, a, I'm on a bender. Like, I'm drinking. My mother's like, and I don't show. I, I, is this, this is, how long did you work at that restaurant in Chelsea? This is when you're working in Chelsea still, too? Uh, two years, maybe. Okay. So this is but all. This the is same. like the first year. Okay. Right. And, um, it's new. It's exciting. Yeah. You're taking the subway downtown. Yeah, dude, it's, it's a good time. Yeah, it's fuck a good yeah, time, bro. Like, and I'm making money. I don't have uh, the only person I got. A, I had a cell phone bill, which was sixty bucks. Yeah, that's it. And I'm making like five, anywhere from like anywhere. You know, if it was a bad week, two fifty that week or seven hundred that week. Yeah, right. Like or thousand. You know, it wasn't crazy money, but it was great money for me. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. I live here in an apartment in Midtown Manhattan, and I'm kind of around the same like. A bad week for me, same kind of thing. That was like five, six hundred bucks, and then a great week is like twelve, thirteen hundred. And it's like that's 
That's more than enough it's to more survive. Than, more, more than, than enough. Especially, I don't know, you have kids? No. No, so you don't That's have kids? Yeah. I got to make sure I make thirteen fifty so I can split my rent with my girl, and everything else is just solid. Uh, and that's uh, so. I just I, mean, I was like invited to an orgy that weekend. It was like, I, was, like, I was like at a sex. I didn't participate because I was scared. But like I'm seeing I'm seeing like people fucking sofas, and it was crazy that weekend. And, and then you get home and then I haven't slept. Watch. In, I haven't slept in forty eight hours. Yeah, I'm coming home. All I want to do is take a shower and go to sleep for another twenty five hours. Right? Like, and my mother comes. She goes, Hey, listen. I'm going to give you his school money. Uh, I'm going to give you the whole thing for the week. She was giving him something like $10 a day. I don't know why. I'm like, why are you giving him this much money? It's not in my business. I don't give a fuck. I'm like, sure. And I'm 48 hours on a bender. Like, I'm not thinking straight. And she just gives you like 100 bucks. Like, but all in fives and tens. Okay. You know? And I think she was leaving for weeks. So she she gave me a bunch of money. Yeah. And, And she was like, are you good with money? I said, I'm good. You don't got to worry about me. You don't got to worry about me at all. I don't know why I just whispered. But I go into the room and for some reason I go, look, she gave me your money. Don't take it. I'm put it in my drawer. And then I go to hop in the shower and he goes to my mom and he starts cursing her out. He's my baby brother. Yeah. So he has privileges that I don't understand at the time. <laughs> yeah. Like she kind of, you know, she's done. Like she's done raising children. He's 15. She's, he's old enough. Yeah. And he's cursing at her. And again, I'm out of my mind right now. And I'm like, why are you fucking cursing? And I blame myself because I, I started this. Because like I showed him that she, he goes, why don't you trust me with the money? What the fuck's wrong with oh, you? Oh, so he's upset that she yeah. didn't just give it to him. Yeah, because he wants to buy drugs. He's yeah. like, and he knows me. He goes, if you take it, like, don't ask me for money. Yeah. If you, if you blow it all, I'm not If you blow it I'm all, that's helping. on you. So yeah. he, I don't know why he did that. Maybe, again, he was on drugs too. Yeah. Like, he was probably on some pill or coming off of a pill or some shit like that. And I go to him, like, yo, what are you doing, bro? The fuck's your problem, son? He goes, and I'm, I have sense of the story. Like, me and my brothers are like, you know, we, we I used to box. He, we, he's a, he also used to box. Like, we were all into fighting. Yeah. You know? Um, he came up in East Harlem, dog. Yeah, we were. You can handle yourself. Sure. Yeah. I don't want that rumor out there because I don't need nobody trying to test it. No, yeah. Because I'm pussy now. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I'm not trying to get no I rely. I, I say this all the time on stage, but I rely on the social structure because New York City and jail have the same social structure. So I rely on that. Being six foot one, 230 pounds with that's all, these, with all these weird scars on my body. That's what I rely on. <laughs> Because then they look at me and they go, mm, nah, it's not worth it. This guy has been through some shit. Yeah, he might be a bitch now, but we don't know. Yeah. And he could kill us. So Rip our arms off and beat us to death with him. My mom doesn't, like she knows we some bad motherfuckers, but she don't know. Yeah. So he's like, he starts saying some shit. And my, bro- you know, brothers don't, siblings don't know how to get under your skin. Yeah, oh yeah. So I'm saying, what you say? Oh yeah. Bam, bam, bam. And you just go I just, We just start swinging. Yeah. Now, I didn't give my brother credit. He did not want to hit me. He doesn't really hit me. He's like grabbing at me. Yeah. He's trying to like diffuse the situation. And then he's diffusing it so well. I'm missing a lot. By the way. <laughs> right? It's not like I, I caught him. I made have, I might have caught him once. And then like I tripped him. And I realized how dumb this was. Yeah. But I'm also really angry. And I'm out of my mind. And I, I'm like, I'm like, I want to hurt him. Because I, I don't want no one talking to my mom like that either. Yeah. And my mom was like, Kevin, no. Stop it. I'm going to call the police. 
And she calls the police. Oh my God, she called. She called the cops. Because to her, she's 70 years old at the time. Yeah. So to her, she's just seeing these animals going off. She doesn't know that I'm missing punches. She just sees me swinging. Yeah, yeah. And that's right? something that can be jarring and he's, in person. And I'm on top of him. Like he's on the ground. I'm like trying to throw an elbow. It was crazy. So the cops show up. And my daughter, like, I knew to leave, but again, I'm 488 hours of no sleep on a bender. Like, cops show up. I have a scratch on my face, right? I'm bleeding on my arms because he's, like, trying to hold me, like, yeah. you know? And he's also has, like, a like a scratch on his face or whatever. Maybe a bloody lip. I don't know. Something, you know, there's physical damage. Cops walk in and he goes, listen, unfortunately, we got to take both of y'all in. I said, what you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> Nothing's happening. We're just hanging out. We're chilling now. Look at that. We, we're not heavy breathing or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's like, our, our sergeant is right outside. The sergeant, man. That's he, what got me a few times. He goes, we know this was just a, a squabble. We know y'all cool now. But now we got to take you in because y'all both here. If one of y'all left. You did a report. No one presses charges. No one presses charges. It's, over. it's fine. Yeah. But I was there. He was there. They took us in. My brother's like, I think he's 17 at the time. We go to the uh, the bookings on in, in Chamber Street. Okay. We're sitting in the same cell together with 50 other people. Yeah, oh yeah. And just like the movies, at like 3 in the morning, people start talking about, what are you in here for? Yep. Right? Oh, yeah. And they get to my brother, and he goes, I had a fight with my brother. And he goes, wait, oh, he left? He goes, nope, he's right there. He goes, y'all niggas in the same cell? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, fight it out here. <laughs> yo, bro, it was crazy, bro. Like, they sounded like clowning us. Yeah. Like, like you guys are stupid, bro. Did, did you, you know? how did you end up getting out? Did your mom come and bail you out? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> bail me out. Sorry. <laughs> My mother had a strict and hard rule. You go to jail, you just in jail. Yeah. You know? So did you guys get ROR'd? Well, I don't know. What that, we, we, Released we on front of the recognizance? DA. Okay. Right. We went to the DA. And I was upset because I was like on the ver- – I just signed a contract, I think, to join the military. Okay. So this was I, like that. Like, yeah. So I'm looking and I'm like, fuck, I just fucked up my life. They're gonna, so she goes, she goes, uh, I heard you're going to join the military. I said, Yes. She goes, why did you why did you have this fight? I was like, this is the other thing that blows my mind. It was two brothers like getting into a like a little scuffle at home. Like, why do we have paperwork involved now, dog? Like, that's so frustrating she goes, to if me. If you don't get arrested in the next six months, this is going to be off your record. Okay, bullshit. Oh, it was still on there when I officially signed. I think it was a Basel sign. Something happened when when I signed to join the army. I get a call from the recruiter one day. He goes, hey man. You told me you don't have anything on your record. I said it was sealed. And he goes, yeah, we have access to sealed records, stupid. This is the federal government. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes, he goes, what did you do? I said, okay, you know, we had in a fight with my, my, it was a domestic case, domestic violence case. That's what it technically is. Yeah. I, he goes, he had to. the fucking sergeant major of this station wants to meet you now. I go, 
into the recruiting station and he goes, yo, man, you got, like, they had these codes, like C-72. You did a C-72. I said, what the fuck is that? And he reads it to me. And he goes, you molested a kid? And I'm like, no, motherfucker. I didn't molest no kid. I beat up my brother. And he goes, and he looks back at the paperwork and he goes, oh, holy shit, my bad. I saw C-71 and whatever and I, I got it confused. Fuck. And he calls it, because they were going to, Oh, so they thought they they so they're already down the rabbit hole. They thought it was something else. Something so they've already made calls and like put things in I, place. And honestly, they just made these. They honestly, they were. I think they just wanted to shit on me. They just wanted to be like, you're a fucking piece of shit. You don't belong in my army and stuff like that. Yeah. But then when they realized that they made a mistake, dude, you should have seen the, like this dude went pale because he called he called someone that he was not supposed to call. Yeah. And it was a whole shit show. Like, well, I didn't care. Yeah, I left. I was like, all right, I got to go now. Figure it out, guys. Figure it out, guys. <clears throat> so, great we, times. We, we talked about this um, before you came on, but this is something that I, I love to hear. Because a lot of times when people come on the show, they go, oh, do I have to be sober? And I'm always like, no, absolutely not. The show is based in like crazy stories, whether you're sober or not. And you go, good, because I'm still partying. Yeah. And so, from when you were in, because you said when you first started drinking at 15, you were very respectful. You didn't ever want to come home drunk. For a long time. And then I'm assuming in your 20s when you were down in Chelsea, things got a little crazy. Well, his, his, this was interesting. Is It was mostly just lack of sleep because I wasn't drinking that hard. Yeah, but you were just for. Uh, and I didn't want to do any. I did, I, to this day, I, I've never done coke. I, oh, wow. I, I just smoke weed. I do shrooms. And I drink. Yeah. Right. But my mother, I'm a, I was put up for adoption. Yeah. My mother, I didn't know that she was a alcoholic. I just learned that. Oh, um, really? So that's I, something. I, I just learned my mother's a, a alcoholic. I thought she was a coke addict. But, I, you know, like, it didn't, I didn't know that you can't have one without the other. Right? Like, you, you're, you're not a, a coke, you're not a coke head without being an alcoholic. Yeah, it's right? addictive behavior. It's, so my mom's, these are all things I'm learning now in the last this 10 is like years, in yeah right? real time this is happening yeah so because like i like i learned like six years ago i survived an abortion oh shit i was supposed to be a twin i learned that um uh i was actually in another foster home before i thought i was like the my foster parent was the person that adopted me okay i thought i was the only home out nah turns out i was in another foster home and uh because i have weird memories they're like, you can't was explain. that a dream? Yeah, yeah, or was that? And then someone told me, oh, no, 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 you just, you just start out here. And I was like, hey, that would have been good to know, man. Are your adoptive parents very open about like everything that happened? Very. Well, she didn't have a choice. Yeah. she cause, Because you still, because doing the process. Was it just your mom? What do you mean? When you were adopted, were your parents together? Your adoptive parents, were they together or did you just your mom adopt I have you? a stepdad, but he wasn't in the picture till like I was like. He was always in the picture, but not really. Okay. Um, they didn't get married till late in life. The only reason I ask is because I find this fascinating. I didn't know if your mom just like. Went... She was a foster. Okay. Uh, she was a foster. And then had foster person. parent and then ended yeah. up adopting you. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 I, had to I didn't know if she was just like, yeah, I'm, oh, no, 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 I'm no, lonely. No. Let me go down to the foster home and foster, grab some it, kids. It was, this was about the money. Yeah. You know, um, and she was great as a foster parent. Like she was, she did her job. She fostered a lot of children of the few that she wanted to adopt but my brother was had fetal alcohol syndrome when he was born and she was with him non-stop day and night for six straight months and she grew like had a bond with him 
that she couldn't explain. And she was like, and people were telling her, you can't adopt three boys. Like, when she said, no, she's doing it. Well, she wanted, no, she wanted to adopt just my little brother. Oh, shit. The foster, I mean, the agency was like, you can't. They're brothers. They know of each other. Um, we keep siblings together no matter what. Oh, so this is your brother, brother? Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, so she wanted, like, like, I know this. I know that she wanted to just adopt him. Damn, man. That's, Which, and I'm the older brother of the, uh, I have an older brother, but he was in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Actually, that's not even true anymore. I'm lying to you because <laughs> I just found out that they hid him in a refrigerator when the, um, when the, whoever called child services on my mom, they hid him for some reason and they let them take us. What? Yeah. This is you're all over the Yo, place. Yo, dude, it's man. so. But I'm learning all of this. Yeah. In the last decade. Well, and it's one of those things where, you know, as comics, we talk about it all the time that we're wired a little differently. Like, you know, we we seek validation from others because we never found it when we were kids, and that's and nothing sums that up more than oh, I they had to tried convince my parents to adopt me and my brother. But and then also the fact that like you, you were in a situation where you that you're. Your actual biological mother tried to abort you. Yeah. You were in a different foster situation. Then you come into this foster situation and then have to convince your mom to adopt you, not just your little brother. So your entire life has been like, hey, guys, like, what's up? Whole time. Whole time. And and she loved, like, listen, she was a great mother. And I'm learning because I heard Bill Burr say this. He goes, he said that we look at our parents and we remember it through a child's eyes. Yeah. And we're not. And, it took me to 34 to finally, well, 33 last year, I had a conversation with my dad and it took me to 33 to realize he did the, he did the best he could do. My mother grew up without Google. My mother didn't have yeah. the internet to be like, am I doing the right thing? Should I look this Well, up? my parents got divorced at 12 and I remember for so long I carried this weird chip on my shoulder like... Fuck them. Like, and I was a mama's boy. So it was mainly like directed at my father. And then, like, just as a dumb kid, like in my 20s, like getting drunk every day, being like, oh, he never cared about me, blah, blah, blah. And all this weird, twisted shit that as a kid, you make up, especially us, we're very imaginative people. So we make up all these crazy scenarios in our head. And then finally, at like 30 years old, when I got sober and like started really looking at my life, I was like, oh, he did everything he possibly could do. Just because I wasn't like, because I had friends whose like parents paid for all this stuff and like took care of them, and because he didn't do that, I equated that in my head to like, oh, he doesn't care about me. Yeah, and I was like, oh, and I feel I talk to him about it now to this day, so I don't feel bad saying it. But I I talk to him now, and I like feel terrible that in my twenties I was such a fucking prick. Yeah, but no, you're an idiot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like we're we were so dumb. And to his credit, he's always just been there, been like, all right, okay, what? Yeah, sure. Sure, I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. And now you know, like I said, when I got sober at thirty, his him and I's relationship kind of, I kind of went back to him, and I was like, hey man. Like my bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, hey, dog. My liver was acting up. I was drinking a lot. I was a little crazy. A little crazy. But now we have a great relationship, and we have for for years. But again, it all goes back to like what you said about what Burr said, which is we always look at it through the prism of being a child. Yeah. Now, was my mother wrong a lot? Yes. <laughs> was she wrong? Because there's things that she did, or was like, man, I, you don't know how badly that was affecting me. Like yeah. she would say shit like, uh, like. 
because we she was raising three boys, three Dominican high testosterone should be on the field. Yeah. Not in a projects in a two bedroom apartment. Like we should be, you know, we, we were crazy. We we're out of our minds. And my, the only defense she had after we got big was like in the pain, like her hitting us didn't hurt no more. It was like, I would put you back up for adoption. Don't think, don't that think you're I'm safe. Home. Damn, right? dude. Now the thing that's a fucking now, ace. Now the thing with that is that fucks with your brain. Oh yeah, and that fu- that fucked with me for a long time, and I, it was hard for me to forgive her. Then you realize this bitch didn't have goals. She didn't know what she was doing. Yeah, and she had no other like she had no other way to kind of control the situation. Exactly. So when you're now, and I don't hate my biological mother. I don't. I never. Have you met her? Yes, multiple times. Oh shit. Is it awkward? One thousand <laughs> percent. It's gotta be. It is really awkward, bro. I tried. I tried to develop a relationship with her, but uh, now I'm upset with her. It's weird. I've never, never been upset with her till I started comedy. Yeah. And because I was thinking, like, it just hit me one day. I was like, "Damn, bitch, you gave up four children and did nothing before that time." Like, oh, I you didn't saying, yeah. marry a millionaire. You didn't chase a dream. Chase a dream. Yeah. You just abandoned children. You had, and then you didn't stop at like, one or two. You fucking abandoned four. We not. We're not quadruple. We're not a quadruplets. Like yeah. you, every two years you have to reabandon a child. So, and you did nothing with this time. You yeah. did. You don't own anything. You didn't start a business. You didn't fucking, there's nothing to show for this. Well, and that's exactly what you were talking about earlier was when that guy told you that at work, you're like, I can't, I can't live my whole life and not accomplish anything. Anything. At least I, I don't brag about the army. I, think I didn't even know you were in the army until you had sent me the, the thing about drinking with uh, some, some. Lower ranking individual. Oh, yeah. What happened with that when you were in the army? Uh, my man, so I'm trying to build morale and shit. You know, I'm trying to like, nah, we, we boys, don't worry about this. This is nothing. We, we're not deploying no time soon. Guys, let's have fun. You know, I know it sucks. It sucks to suck, but we don't always got to suck. Let's have fun this weekend. And I'm going to make y'all my famous margaritas. <laughs> right? My margarita's delicious. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, I make the best margarita of all time, and you're going to get fucked up, right? The problem is you don't taste the alcohol, Uh right? You don't know that there's alcohol in there. Believe me, there's triple set, and there's a lot of tequila in that motherfucker, okay? And what you do to combat the taste is you add orange juice. Okay. Right? Orange juice and cranberry juice, but like a splash of cranberry. Just to, yeah, neutralize the neutralize acidity. The yeah. yeah. So I get these motherfuckers hammered. And it's a good time. We're doing karaoke. Where are you at? We're in the barracks. Okay. That's why I felt safe doing it. Yeah. Because I'm like, no one's going to act crazy. Where Where were you um, Fort stationed? Fort Virginia. Okay. By Arlington Cemetery. Yeah. It's the most beautiful. I mean, it's, the, it's a fucking beautiful base. Like, it, it's interesting because like, the most high-ranking officials live there. Oh wow! So like, it's 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 like being around like, kind of being around military celebrities all day long. Yeah, you know. So you guys are getting fucked up in the base. I mean, when I mean fucked up, bro. I mean somebody invited like this hookers who brought a midget, a, a female hooker midget. Like it was a wild. 
wild experience, bro. But that night, we drinking, and for some reason, I forget his name, and it don't matter. But this this soldier, this private, just started doing dishes. And we started ragging on him. Because this is out of nowhere. You know, we all drinking, having a good time. He just started doing dishes. And we should have left him alone. Uh-oh. What do you, what's your rank at this point? I was about to, I was a corporal. Okay. And which means I'm a specialist. Yeah. Which doesn't, you know what I mean? It's like a lateral. It's a lateral move. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I was like, if I would have re-enlisted, it would have forced me to become a sergeant. Yeah. But nah, <laughs> not enough money. Not enough money, too much responsibility. And I was leaving anyway. Anyway, so we're bothering him. And this kid, this kid, like there's something I love about this kid because He's like he's like a he's a hustler. You could tell he's a hustler. I could tell he's a hustler. And he's always scamming, right? And uh, but he got really upset, like really angry, and he starts crying. Oh shit! I'm like, why are you crying, bro? He goes, oh. he goes bro. Yeah, I was in charge of the arms room at the time. Yeah. So we have a rule: you got half guns. We're in Virginia, but you can't have it in the barracks. Okay. You got to check it in with me. Right, and I got almost stash it away. And when you want it, you want to go to range or some shit, you sign it out. But everything has paperwork, right? So we know that if you do some wild shit, you know we have our asses covered. Whatever. Yeah, makes sense. He starts crying. I got an Uzi. I got an Uzi on the roof. I'm like, what? What? I'm like, you're not even supposed to have this kind of weapon on base. That's not even. Yeah, that's not yeah, a, a Uzi. I said, why are you telling That's me That's not this? like military. Uzis aren't military issue. He does some. Well, it, it's not. About, you can have your own personal weapons, right? Yeah. But you just. You, why do you have a Uzi? Why? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So. Something happened. Uh, it's just, I haven't told. I'm not, I haven't really told a story. But like. So he's drunk. He's crying. Drunk, crying. Talking about telling, Uzi on the I roof. I said, bro, how about this? Does anyone else know you have OZ? He goes, no. He, I go, then just give it to me on Monday. <laughs> no harm, no foul. If they say you can't have a Uzi, because <laughs> why would you have an Uzi? Then give it to one of your friends that live off post. But right now we're drinking. <laughs> Don't tell nobody else you have an Uzi. <laughs> So then, I'm thinking everything's good, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, I hear boom, 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 boom. Like something fucking falls. Yeah. In his room. We run into his room. He's on the ground like this. He's going into the where he supposedly has an Uzi. And he's trying to get back up. And I'm like, is he about to use this? And I just grab him, and I just start putting him in a chokehold, wrap my legs around his waist. Yeah. And I'm like, he's turning red, and people are like, get off of him, Kev. I'm like, no. He has a gun up there. And he goes, they, they go, now they're looking at me. Yeah. Like, what do you mean, and why do you know he has a gun up there? I said, like, he just told me 10 minutes ago. I don't know who's going to go fucking grab it right now. Yeah. So I'm like trying to put him to sleep. But I'm drunk as fuck, bro. <laughs> I'm drunk. 
I'm tired. We did like a 10-mile run this morning, right? Yeah. We did all the push-ups in the world, bro. Like, I'm not that – I feel weak, right? Yeah, you're exhausted. I'm exhausted. I can't choke him out. Like, he's like – and he's like – he's also a trained soldier. Like, yeah. this dude is also in crazy great shape. So, like, bro, every time I let go, he starts fighting to get back to get that gun. Why is he going after I don't know, bro. I don't fucking know. What happened? I said, we finally put him to sleep or whatever. I think we tied him up or we taped him to the bed. Yeah. Something crazy. Like, I think we actually taped him into the bed. We go up there. There's no fucking Uzi up oh there. Oh, my God. The next morning, not the next morning, like, I, I sober up. I go and I'm banging on his fucking door. Because I need to know what the fuck that was about. Yeah. And he goes, I forgot I gave the Uzi to somebody. Oh, my God. <laughs> But why was he even going up there in the first place? That's what I don't know. And that's scary. So you never even you never figured that out? You never asked him like, well, hey, no harm, what? no foul. So you just dropped it. Of course. Yeah. There's no because also I'm I'll get in trouble. Yeah. Like, I don't need my rank taken away, my pay. Because you, you get in trouble that big, like your money goes away. They give you this thing called an Article 15. Yeah, it's where they bump you down, right? They bump you down, take away your money, put you on staff duty. For staff duty is when you work 24 hour shifts. And you didn't make you do that two, 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 three times a week. Damn. So like, it's fucking horrible. I was like, dude. And I like at the time, and then that dude was end up being like a real piece of shit. He fucking end up stealing people's Kevlar's and like oh, their fucking, um, like their fucking, uh, <laughs> flak jackets, their vests, Call of Duty, you know what I mean? Bulletproof vests. And like, I'm like, dog. Like he and trying to sell them, and he, he got kicked out of the army. Okay, yeah. still like him though. It was kind of fun to be around. God, damn. <laughs> very fun to be That's around. That's insane. So let's fast forward because we've got a few more minutes now. Let's fast forward. So now you're 31. You're doing comedy in New York, and you're still, you're still doing it. Like you're still going out. You're still having a good time. But you said you're, you're kind of more adult. You, your exact words, I think, were I'm I drink like an adult now. Yeah. So what do you mean by that? Like just more responsibly? Well, my tolerance is high. Yeah. Right? So, so like responsible is like I have seven. I'm good. Yeah. I don't need to go to 30. I don't need to go to 14 or 15 or like not seven. Seven might be like that's like, oh, I'm, I need to go home and I need to take an Uber. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to take the train. I, I, you know, like yeah. I don't need to do that to myself. Um, I'm also experimenting with more mushrooms. Like this is the first – I just started doing mushrooms and hallucinogens because where I'm from, that shit was like demonized harshly. Yeah, because there's certain areas where, like I know in Colorado, I've got some friends that live out there and I've got some buddies back in Florida where they like microdose. Like mushrooms are like a, a common everyday thing. And then I also know people who grew up <clears throat> in kind of the Daytona, like, you know, the not so nice areas and stuff where it's like, oh no, we smoke weed and drink. Like we don't touch anything else. Like that's yeah, you're you were told mind. that you get you lose your mind if you yeah. do it. And some people have, but those people have like now with like thank God, thank God for our Lord and Savior Joe Rogan. He, <laughs> I knew you were gonna do. That. <laughs> as soon as you said thank God for our Lord, I was like, he's gonna say Rogan. <laughs> um, I fuck you know I learned a lot through him and listening to his podcast with like. You know, Terrence McKenna and, and, and Duncan Trussell and they yeah. talk about him. Like, you know what? I'm, I don't have any clear cut mental disorders, you know, unlike the rest of comedy, apparently. Yeah. But, um, that's the thing is it enhances something that's already there. So, yeah, like, so, I've always been nervous to take mushrooms because I have, I'm hyper, I have hyper anxiety, like crazy. 
like diagnosable levels of anxiety. And people always go, oh yeah, I, I have anxiety too. I get nervous on planes. And I'm always like, no, my anxiety is like, I wake up from a nightmare. I think it really happened. I vomit in my lap. Like what? Jesus. Yeah. Like it's bad. And oh, I so, had a weird nightmare last night. So, <laughs> but that's why I've never done mushrooms. Is people always go, oh, you have to be in a good headspace. I'm like, I don't even know what that looks like. A good even, headspace. Yeah. When people say shit like that, I'm like, shut the fuck <laughs> up. So when was the first time you actually did mushrooms? My buddy Josh Pallet, okay. one of the funniest human beings on the planet. Best stories you've ever heard in your life. Josh Pallet, he goes, Kev. And I was always scared. Yeah. He goes, two mushrooms with me. And we've been drinking. I said, is this a good combination? He goes, the best. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> the best. The best. So he gives me mushrooms. But he's a savage. This guy's been doing things since he was 12 years old, 11 years old. Like, his tolerance for things is crazy. And he goes, Kev, you're a little overweight. You need a little more. You know? And I, I'm popping. And I start feeling good after an hour. I'm like, this is awesome, bro. He's making me laugh harder than I've ever laughed in my life. And then he made me, you know, he starts, because he, he, he's a guy that, he'll just do things. Yeah. So we're walking. It's like winter in New York, and I'm sweating. The muscles are really hitting. Yeah. Right? Things are like moving. They're breathing. You know? And I never experienced that before. And then he just takes off running. And he's he's running. We're in Tribeca. Okay. Uh, we just finished a comedy show. And he's running, turning behind and pointing at me. And goes, this Dominican man is accosting me. And just starts running through Tribeca oh and yelling God. that. And I fall on the floor laughing. I thought I shit my pants. <laughs> but it was just a sweat. And I really, for like an hour, I was like, I shit my pants and I just got to live with it. Because I did not, it was, the high was so good. You were just like, I'm, I was I'm like, in it, man. I'm in it and it doesn't smell, so I'm just going to keep going. How often do you do mushrooms now? When, uh, much like drinking when I was younger, I wanted to like, you know. For a special occasion, you don't want to abuse but it. But then yeah. I turned 31. Yeah. And something happened. Something just said, you got to do mushrooms more. So now you just do them more? I do them like. Every two weeks, and okay, I'm, and I'm macro, okay. So I, when I do it, I'm doing them. Yeah, yeah. I took like this. Yeah, I've got friends that do them. I was saying earlier, friends that do the micro dose, where they like mix it with their tea, and they have that every single morning, and they're like, "Yeah, it levels me out." I'm, that's to me like when people go out and have like a glass of wine with dinner. I'm like, "The fuck are you doing?" Like either we're gonna do it or we're not gonna do Let me it. Tell you something. I'm learning. Like if I'm eating, I don't even drink. Yeah. Well, if I'm eating, don't drink because. I don't feel the fucking drink. Yeah, the, the whole what's purpose the of point? drinking exactly. is to feel the drink. I used and if I had to, 17 wings, I'm not feeling any fucking drink. I used to literally not eat all day. So when I got off of work, I would have three shots and I'd be zooming. Zoom. Like, I don't, people are always like, yeah, let's go out to eat and drink Have some drinks. wine with like, dinner and some, co I work in the restaurant industry. I work in a very swanky steakhouse. It's always cocktails and a couple bottles of wine with dinner and they're eating so much and these people will still get fucked up. But I'm like, you're going to feel like garbage tomorrow. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm doing like the, 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 <laughs> the alcoholic watching their weight thing where I'm drinking tequila sodas. Yeah. You know? I used to do vodka just straight up. Vodka well, water. Something. Uh, vodka water. That's interesting. Yeah. So I was drinking vodka sodas for like almost a year. Mainly because of Burt Kreischer. Like, oh, he should be way bigger than he is and yeah. he's not. So Maybe this works. Yeah. Maybe this works. And then something dawned on me. Wait. I don't want to. I can't eat starch like that. 
but I'm going to take this potato yeah, yeah, yeah. liquid uh, and drink it, and that's, that's going to be healthier? No, no I can't. You're right with tequila because it's plant-based. There you go. There we go, baby. Keeping it keto. Keeping it keto. I, I don't even know that's true. I'm just talking shit out here. This is fun, man. Dude, this is Thanks for coming on. Dude, I am Plug so everything happy. one more time. Uh, Doped Up and Dying, the Sunday morning smoke show out every Sunday at around 11 a.m. is the round table of fuckery. We got to get you on that, yeah, motherfucker. I'm down. Um, let me see. Let me see. Uh, Doped Up and Dying. Uh, Doped Up Comedy Club, 66 Greenwich, Friday and Saturdays. Shows at uh, seatings at 9. Shows at 9.30. Look at the motherfucking lineups. Um, if you're an open mic, don't fucking ask me to get on the line. I don't, we have a booker now, so I, I can't even book myself on it. Um, <laughs> two people canceled. Uh, yeah, huh? When you said earlier, two people canceled. Two they people physically can- didn't <laughs> show up. How am I not on the lineup? <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway. Um, and I'm a maniac, guys. Uh, I'm going to be. Where's uh, your social media? Oh, yes. ITS Kev Sanchez on Instagram. ITS Kev Sanchez on Twitter. Um, I'm going to start a YouTube channel soon. I want right. to be. Uh, honestly, I think I want to be the biggest. I'm going to be the biggest YouTube star in New York. There you go. There's not enough. There's not enough YouTube stars yeah, out here. There's not. There's, there's, there's definitely. No, there's a vacuum. There's a vacuum. No, let me stop. <laughs> I do want to be a YouTube star in New York City. Though. <laughs> oh, God. I really do. I really do. I want to do it because, one, ain't nobody like me on YouTube right now. There ain't nobody who. And I want to. Like, I want to bring that dips at energy. Yeah. To YouTube. Like, I want to bring that. Boy. Yeah. I want to bring, like, 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 dipset Purple City Bird Gang shit. Like, I want to smack the shit out of some people, put it online. Mix YouTube with kind of how you came up. Yeah. With how I came up. I want to, I want to do some shit where, like, I'm a real New Yorker. I haven't done any touristy shit in my life. And I just want to put that on film and see what happens. Yeah. 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 I'm see. a member of the Met and the Natural History Museum. We should Word? film it. Yeah. Come Let's with go. me. We out. All right. I'd love to do that with you. Thank you, everybody, so Thank much for, for listening. Me, of course, man. I appreciate it. At Brennan T. Comedy on all social media. BrennanTComedy.com. Got dates coming up. Check the website. One Man Show will be out in January. So keep an eye out for that. And we'll talk to you all next week. My man. That was fun, dude. That was fucking fun, bro.